Let's talk about Underworld. This is okay. your third time playing Celine. Yes. And uh, first of all, a very uh, great action uh, in, in these movies. And I look at these films and I think, you must know now how to really kick some ass. You must, huh, it looks sure. like you've learned how to do it. <laughs> it does look like that. I mean, you know, I feel like I can, I'm always sort of mapping out my exit strategy, what I'm gonna use as a weapon. That could go in your gullet, you know what I mean? But <laughs> no one's threatened me today. When you walked into this friendly environment, this <laughs> talk show where you've been invited, you actually thought, if trouble broke out, this could go into Conan's throat. <laughs> if you went right. Now, how do you take Andy out? You know, you've used this on me. How does Andy go? I, you, no, I'd be on the floor crying. <laughs> yeah. He's not. Please don't hurt me. Kill him some more. You, um. Lights, camera, action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As you all know, I am Ross Bacon. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? It's really and disappointing that in terms of badass women, Underworld is the best we could do for the 2000s. <laughs> Mila Jovovich would be pissed to hear you say that, but we'll get into why we didn't pick her and the other side. Uh, the other side of I'm sorry, badass women in a franchise, in a single franchise, because I there are better singular movies, but we're going with the franchises. Right, yeah. So, all right, so yeah, and as you should know, we crack open a beer and we talk about some garbage movies like we're going to do tonight. So, and like we said, we, we were doing Kick-Ass Women. This is week three, and we are into the early 2000s, which is kind of a, I don't, I don't want to say it's a wasteland of Kick-Ass Women, but there were two t options, essentially, three options, really, one of which didn't get to be as fully kick-ass as she probably should have been outside of the original movie, which was Carrie Ann Moss's Trinity in the Matrix films. And the, we had already talked about the Matrix. Yeah, which I is mean, the only one of those movies worth talking about. And it's yeah, it's the one that she kicks the most ass in too. Yeah. You know, it's it's like it'd, it'd really be like oh, and then she does a couple things in this. But you can also tell that Carrie Ann Moss was like wanted to be in all three of those movies as opposed to Kate Beckinsale by uh, the fifth one of these. <laughs> but yeah. then the other option is going to be Mila Jovovich in the Resident Evil movies, and I'll be damned if I ever sit through those again. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no. That shit's just, unless no. we do like, unless we do like a video game adaptation, I mean, even then, we'll only talk about whatever Rotten Tomatoes says is the best one. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not gonna go back and try to figure out which one's worth talking about. <laughs> but, I subjected to all of the live action underworld movies, including the prequel. I didn't have to do that, and I decided I was a masochist this week. So, yep, yep. And plus, they're easy. Like they were easy to get to. They're on HBO Max, and we only had yeah. to rent one. And I had two of them. The first two on Blu-ray. So that said, we are that talking. Says something about Mark or about Ross's movie collection. Oh, there was a there was a period there where I would just buy whatever Blu-ray I like thought I wanted for a while, and it turns out I went through a uh, Kate Beckinsale and tight leather phase, which I, I to be honest, still in, <laughs> <laughs> still in. <laughs> but so that's what we're doing. We're doing Kate Beckinsale as Celine, the Death Dealer in the Underworld franchise, and. uh Essentially, Vampire Trinity. Basically, that's essentially what she is. She's Vampire Trinity, but she's um, also knockoff Blade, or yeah, yeah, and uh, British Blade. But yeah. um, yeah, because by the end of that, she's essentially Blade. Um, yeah. but we're also going to talk about a recent movie that she did, which is called Jolt, and it's uh, it's essentially Crank, but with a woman, you know. <laughs> oh, and um, like we said, Australia's favorite surfboard, Jai Courtney. <laughs> but before we get into that, we got to talk about what we're drinking. So, Mike, what do you have? 
So following the theme of uh, Underworld, and as we'll find out, we're just going to keep introducing lore. I'm <laughs> drinking Ross Brewing Tio Valero log, Mexican-style lager. Bastards. And I think we haven't talked enough about the lore of the name Ross, because if you didn't know, my co-host is the progenitor of the name Ross. No one had been named Ross before Ross. That's right. I am the Alexander Corvinus of the name Ross. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, the <laughs> Ross's parents were the first to come up with the name Ross. They were. They were. Yes, it's um, it's an ancient name. It's a Gaelic name. And uh, it's really just, um, I think it just means, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it's just a Scottish Highland. That's all, that's all it is. And um, I'm not a Highlander. I mean, I could be. I haven't died first to prove it yet, but. I think I might be a Highlander because of this. But so yeah. did your parents learn Gaelic and decide Ross was a good name or like is? Well, the, the honest answer is my name comes from five greats grandmother. My five greats grandmother is Betsy Ross. <laughs> and so that's where the Ross parts comes from. Um, but yeah, so I Betsy would like Ross to think. Was actually, that was a different, that was a alternate history. And you are in fact the first person with the name Ross ever. I am because Betsy Ross is like the Ramirez of the of this dead group here. She's actually a uh, Egyptian Japanese samurai, <laughs> you know, and uh, she she posed as a uh, a revolutionary flag maker in uh, colonial times because that was one of her identities, you know. And uh, then there's me. I am I am the original. Like she like she's my Alexander Corvinus, I guess. And then my twin uh, brother. Um, became the kurgan i think he's clancy brown clancy brown is my twin brother I'm, that's what i'm trying to say okay so um okay. actually no it's me and my brother kevin um he's the movie star version of me and i'm the immortal podcaster version of us so one one bitten by movies one bitten by podcasts <laughs> that's that's how we uh we diverged and then um these young upstarts in north jersey came up with a goddamn beer from uh with uh from my name and it's all over from there. <laughs> and now this is whatever history you're going to choose to believe, because as we find out in Underworld, like you get people manipulating history all the time. Is Ross an ancient name that Ross is in an immortal podcaster that was the first with the name? Or is Ross an ancient name from the year 1982? <laughs> and was it born 40 years ago? <laughs> right. Is it a new ancient name or is it an ancient ancient name? <laughs> Is it old ancient or new ancient? <laughs> did did Ross actually exist for hundreds of years or did the name Ross only come about in 1982 and Ross's parents gaslighted everyone into believing it was an ancient Gaelic name? That's exactly what it is. That that is that is the truth right there. You know, it's, so I'm, it so had to come out this way. They conceived of the persona of Betsy Ross. <laughs> yep, yep, she's fake. She no one can prove she's real, you know. So it's she's just added to the history books, you know. You know, it's it's that's what it is. History is written by the winners, and of course, when you're an immortal, you you win. So you write a history book, and uh, you just make shit up. So I made up Betsy Ross, you know, and now now the truth comes out. Finally, a weight has been lifted off my shoulders, and um, I I can go on uh, on my quest to find the quickening. Yeah. <laughs> and just you know, if you've never seen the Underworld movies, the lore in them is slightly more convoluted than the lore we just came up with for the name Ross. And the lore of the Highlander movies eventually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's slightly more convoluted than that. But yeah. uh, well, what beer but, are you drinking in? It's some, it's some Mexican beer I'm or something? I'm drinking Ross Brewing Tio Valero Mexican-style lager. 
and it is delicious. It's like a, uh, so it says here it's flavored with salt, agave, and lime. And is it a cerveza? Cerveza, yes. And at 5.4% alcohol, it's a solid, refreshing drink. You probably drink a ton of these. That cool, refreshing drink. But, um, all right, cool. Now, if you paid attention to last week's episode, you heard on Sarah Connor that I could not taste or smell about 95% of everything, 90 95%. So I had ship bottom sour, all season sour, which I know is a great beer. Uh, I vaguely tasted the sour and raspberries. Now I am happy to report that I'm post COVID like the rest of the world. And um, I can now taste again and I can smell again. So I, I am actually going to be able to enjoy the beer that I'm drinking tonight. Darn, um, we can't rather do than experiment where I say just mix a bunch of beer and see how it goes with Ross's taste. <laughs> yeah, now that would be like an endurance test, you know, just to see like that would just be a thing to see if my taste buds could actually handle it. That's that's like you know the final boss of my taste buds to make sure they're all back. <laughs> I mean, I kind of did that one episode where I just picked two beers I wasn't a particular fan of and decided to try and mix them and see if I liked that better. And I can't remember the verdict. I don't think you did. No. <laughs> no, I think it got worse. <laughs> so tonight, because there's a lot of discussion, and I mean a lot of discussion of hybrids in um, the underworld world, I am drinking Bat Squatch by Rogue Brewing, which is out in Oregon. Rogue, it, they make some great beers. Now, this one is Bat Squatch, as in Bat plus Sasquatch combined. And... Um, in these movie, it is a hazy India pale ale, about 6.7, and it is very good. It's very delicious. Now, it's I should be pairing this with some white cheddar, grilled salmon, or strawberry shortcake, but I have none of those. So I'm just going to drink Strawberry shortcake it. seems something in, like you can pair strawberry shortcake with beer. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so since I don't have any of those, especially not the strawberry shortcake, I'm just going to drink it, and it's, it's good. But um, so... Like I said, we're we'll be talking about the hybrids of this, which are a vampire and lichen combined. And it's once there's a boyfriend and then the other is a child, and um, it just gets convoluted as fuck. And they but, both disappear unceremoniously <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, they both get written out very quickly. Uh, one of which because the actor didn't want anything to do with the series anymore. The other because I don't think they know what to do with the character. But. We got to start off with, obviously, we're talking about, like we said before, Kate Beckinsale, the legendary Kate Beckinsale. She's awesome in pretty much everything she's in, even if the movie sucks. Yeah, um, she's like one of the lone bright spots in the later movies of these. The earlier absolutely. ones, I could say a couple good things about other than Kate Beckinsale rocks, but uh, the later ones, it's pretty much just Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, and then there's the then there's a real question of what is what did Charles Dance do to get wrapped up in this? You know, it's... Yeah, with, <laughs> why? Outside of Game of Thrones, I'm not sure I've ever seen something with Charles Dancer. I'm like, an actor of this pedigree really should be in this movie. Dude, last, act, last action hero. <laughs> last action hero. <laughs> you need a Charles Dancer now. That's the perfect role for him. And, and of course, he's in Alien 3. You know, he's he's in that. As, yeah, um, I know. That, that rando dude. <laughs> That's another situation weird. where it's like, I guess so I need to weird. put my resume. <laughs> he's also in the weird uh, Dracula Untold. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Like the rest of the world, that movie's terrible. He's but, the leader um, of Monarch in easily the worst of the Godzilla movies. Yeah. The most recent Godzilla yeah. movies. Yeah, it's, it's, 
And he that Game of Thrones paycheck must have gone far for him. You know, it must have gone really far because he does that's, garbage now. <laughs> that brings us back to the question. Why do no actors from Game of Thrones seem to succeed in film after Game of Thrones? Well, that's the thing. Like, he, he was in movies before Game of Thrones. Yeah. And then it was like, I guess post-Game of Thrones, they were like, he, I'm telling you, he must have been like, well, I have my mansion. I have my cars. I've been around, I've traveled the world, you know, what else do I need to do? I got to just keep working. Cause I enjoyed going to the possibility of maybe going to the Oscars one day, you know, it's, I like the parties, you know, I like catering, you know, as I guess I'll keep doing movies. So but, what's uh, the best I could do? Right. I think I can, I think I could pull off underworld five and six or four and five. Four and five. Yeah. <laughs> they got uh, apparently according to Len Weissman, who's the director of the original underworld, which was 2003, if you didn't really, if you didn't know it was in 2003, all you got to do is watch about five minutes of it and you'll know it's in 2003. <laughs> the soundtrack alone is very 2003. But um, yeah, Len Weissman, he's Underworld Evolution, which is a sequel to this. He also did Live Free or Die Hard and that Total Recall remake, which features Kate Beckinsale as well. And um, he's also ex Mrs. Mr. Beckinsale because they were married for quite which some time. is why the sex scene despite being an R-rated movie in the second movie we get very minimal Kate Beckinsale nudity because they were married at the time right right which is funny because the girl who plays little Celine I think it's in the second one is actually Kate Beckinsale's legitimate daughter Lily Moshin, who is her daughter from her relationship with Michael Sheen, who plays Lucian in these in the first movie and in the um, prequel <laughs> and in Rise of the Lycans, but or the third movie, depending on whatever we want to look at it. But and when you look at Lily Moshin, she is an exact combination of Michael Sheen and Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> it's like top of her face is Michael Sheen, bottom of her face is Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> and she's in that uh, unbearable weight of massive talent. She plays Nicolas Cage's daughter in that. <laughs> now, at least the one thing that we can say for uh, director and Mr. Beckinsale, what's his name again? <laughs> Len Weissman. Len Weissman is. He does not have the same kink as John Derrick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's probably because Kate Beckinsale was like, no, <laughs> whatever you want me to do, I'm not doing it. I have dignity. <laughs> I'm not Bo Derrick, you know, where I, maybe I, I, she gets maybe I, I can't say she doesn't have dignity. Maybe she gets off on it, too. You know, it's but definitely not the same relationship between uh, Mr. Beckinsale and Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> you know? And yes, I say Mr. Beckinsale because she, he is definitely her husband. <laughs> yeah, That's how you qualify him. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale's ex-husband. <laughs> but so, so to get just to kick it off with Kate, Kate Beckinsale plays Celine. Uh, she's a death dealer and she's a kid that's a vampire warrior werewolf killer or lichen killer. Cause we're not, we don't say the word werewolf in this. We always say lichen. Yeah, and because we find really, out that werewolves and lichens are not the same thing come yeah. movie two. Yeah, it turns out, shockingly enough, for some reason they're not. But Which is why I actually think these movies are... I, I think Twilight and these movies exist in the same universe to a degree, except they just do things way differently in the Pacific Northwest United States. Yeah, than London, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, or, or Croatia, I think is where they filmed the last one. <laughs> but um, it's it's weird because 
she's basically Trinity from the Matrix, but without the comb. Because, you know, Trinity's got that, like, combed hair when she's in the Matrix. Yeah. She's got that real that nice styled hair. Kate Beck, like, Celine's hair is just down, parted in the middle, and down over her face. You know, it's, a, it's like a cool guy in the 90s. You know, it's just that hair bang. like a grunge, like a grunge guitarist. <laughs> just and hanging course, in her face. Every... <laughs> Every one of these movies starts off with like a voiceover from her, except for the one she's not in. Right, of course. I mean, and even in that, she's in the I think post credit scene. Yeah, and it's it's just the beginning of the first movie is what that scene is. They right? milked that. I think that scene shows up in every movie at least once, maybe multiple times. Well, because it's like the iconic shot of the films. I mean, and I'll give I'll give it this. There's two things at Kate Beckinsale incredibly, she pulls up amazingly. One, the form-fitting leather and the vampire teeth. For some reason, that is a great look, you know, with her. And it's like, wow, sexy-ass British vampire murderer. Like, that's awesome. I, I can deal with this. <laughs> I think actually her best look comes in the easily the worst movie, which is the last movie, when she gets like, the ice blonde at the end and she gets the ombre blowout <laughs> because that's probably what her hairstyle was at the time yeah. she's like no there ain't no fucking way <laughs> i am doing anything about my hair you're gonna write that shit in god damn it yes <laughs> i'm here for the nordic vampire look kate back and <laughs> absolutely oh yeah it's and it's and she's she's a she's a gorgeous woman regardless mm-hmm. but it's like it's almost like in the first two movies, they try to be like, look, she, or maybe really the first three for her. It's like, look, she's a vampire killer. She's got to be dangerous. So we got, she doesn't care about how, what she looks like. She just cares. She, she cares about killing uh, lichens. So she's not going to have a hairstylist. You know, she's, she's got a leather guy or something like that. There's a vampire leather guy. She's got that dude. Cause she's got her trench coat and everything. But other than that, she's not a hair person. She, what she cares. She's a vampire, you know? And it's, the thing, like, you, it's funny you mentioned the Twilight with this, Twilight movies, because the vampires in this, especially, Sel- except for Celine, because they're kind of, like, powering her up as the movies go on. Like, she's getting new, new uh, skills and acquiring new things. She's, like, leveling up as a character. It's funny, and uh, in the last movie, she actually drinks 100 cups of coffee in one day, like Fry in that one episode of Futurama, and gets and the blur speed. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> they don't have, like, normal vampire lore powers in this they are they hate sunlight they get instantly killed by sunlight they drink blood and the thing is that they're kind of a little bit stronger than the average human you know because she does hold up people by the throat you know she holds them up over there without without bothering to be like breaking a sweat this first movie doesn't explain the vampire rules of this universe at all (laughs) no it's just kind of like here it is. We got casual, cool vampires hanging out in the mansion, and then we got werewolves hanging, like fight clubbing it up in the sewers. You know, yeah. and that's the two worlds we're looking at here. The second movie, you get the rules a bit more. Like you get that these vampires are spread by a virus. Not, yeah, yeah. And they like it explains why they can have kids because they're not undead. They just have they just sick. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And then it's like they can be uh quote unquote cured, you know, yeah. when it comes to the third one, I think is that one that's the one we're looking at. But well, the um, third one was Kate Beckinsale. The third one, yeah. The third now this that's that's the timeline we're talking about. When we say the third one, we really mean movie four, because if you if you go by timeline, 
the third movie, Rise of the Lycans, is actually the first one in the in the yeah. In that's the a prequel. We'll, yeah. we'll mostly ignore Rise of the Lycans except for like some lore stuff, I guess. Yeah. The thing it, with Rise of the Lycans is they just are like, we saw the first two and we didn't take notes, but we do have some memory of some things that happened, and we're gonna we're gonna see how we do with that. We yeah, have that like, oh. blood memory stuff. <laughs> right, the blood memory stuff. That shit is so funny because it's like a cheat code for vampires. It's like, do we need to like actually have them figure something out? No, just have them drink some blood and then they know everything. It's like, oh, okay, I guess we're going with that. <laughs> Are we still going to explain everything? Yeah, oh, perfect. <laughs> it, and when we show the blood, it's going to be... Sh- every scene, actually, every single scene, we are at least going to quadruple the amount of cuts most editors would need to use right yeah we're gonna make this a uh, we're gonna make this a music video from the early 2000s or it's it's the saw school of editing basically you know they're all they all went to the same school of editing it's all that quick cut bullshit and i'm surprised headstrong didn't start crying at (laughs) some point it wouldn't be headstrong though it would be headstrong like run holder remix it would be some garbage ass like shitty techno remix that's not even like a techno remix it's just like a like beating like a tin can inside of a hollow drum (laughs) that's really all that is and then you throw Pussifer in there, like Maynard James Keenan's fuck around band. <laughs> just throw them there in there a little bit because that's basically just an experiment and tolerance right there. If you can listen to that and enjoy it, you clearly have something off about you just biologically, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, I really wish that some director was ballsy enough to let Christopher Lee and his spoken word metal band do the, the do. Yes. That shit. Like, like there's all those albums about like Charlemagne or something yeah. like that. And like, My God, that would be amazing. <laughs> and he would have still been around. He could have done it. That would have yeah. fucking count Dooku right there. You know, just even he could have been count Dooku in these movies. It makes fucking sense to make him a vampire. Just like Bill Nye. When Bill Nye shows up in this movie, you go, wait, is he playing a role or did we just find out that Bill Nye is an actual vampire? You know? <laughs> it's like the, it's like the episode of is what we do the in the shadows. Cover up for Bill Nye? It's like, well, it's like what we, it's like the episode of what we do in the shadows when the vampire council is convened and it's all the movie and TV vampires that are showing up. They could have easily dropped Bill Nye in there and he could have just played himself. <laughs> I'm surprised Kate Beckinsale wasn't in there. Was she? No, she's not. No, we get uh, the big Leslie. ones we get. Or Danny Trejo, um, Tilda Swinton, Wesley Snipes, and um, Evan Rachel Wood is in there because of True Blood, <laughs> you know. But yeah, they could have thrown in. Yeah, they, they should have thrown in. You know, and we get mentions of Tom Cruise, Robert Pattinson, and Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Pitt, and of course you get the original three from What We Do in the Shadows are in there. Um, Jermaine Clement, Taika Waititi, and the third guy. <laughs> but, Imagine we found out what we do in the shadows took place in the same universe as Underworld, and it's just New Zealand is pretty chill about it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, all of if all of these other fictional vampires are real vampires in this world, of course, Celine would be. You know, they'd all be involved in some way. But um, except that would actually, I don't know if Twilight could be in the same world because uh, Michael Sheehan. Is also plays one of the Volturi in Twilight. Well, that's the thing. He could be a hybrid for all we know, you know, because he's a werewolf, he's a lichen in this, and he's a vampire in that. But that's and that that's the thing. There are certain actors in these movies. Like Kate Beckinsale looks like a great vampire. Yeah. Like 
they got she's not pale they don't pale anybody up unless that person's already pale mm-hmm. like the like amelia the actress that plays amelia that like german model that plays amelia she's already pale she already has that like angular sharp look that a vampire would have i mean she's a gorgeous woman but it's like you're a, you're kind of a vampire you might be a vampire i think but and then you look at kate beckinsale's great even as you know a pink-skinned vampire she's great michael sheen on the other hand looks like a goddamn werewolf in this movie <laughs> he looks like a guy who could be a werewolf and the only thing that's crazier is i think his name is kevin griveau he plays Ray's in the first movie. He's the really deep voiced black guy. And he's the, he's the like, and that they're pulling the um, uh, Celine's like barbs out of. Yeah. And that guy was actually the creator of the graphic novel that this is like based off of. And it's crazy as hell because that guy's voice actually sounds like that which is the weirdest thing about all of these movies the dude sounds like he's modulated but it's his legit voice it's like holy shit are you a real are you a real werewolf as well (laughs) (laughs) now again the first movie is fine like i don't have that many like i don't like the editing in the first movie there's way too many cuts but in terms of like story action acting i'm i don't have too many complaints i i have one complaint and it's 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 more of a looks thing and it's it's in 2003 i wouldn't have had the complaint because the comparison wouldn't have happened yet shane brawley as craven looks like james franco as tommy wiseau in the disaster artist (laughs) imagine craven was played by tommy wiseau (laughs) tommy wiseau is a goddamn vampire so it's like it would make perfect sense Oh, Celine, you're crazy. No, you'll be mine. You'll be mine, Celine. <laughs> I did not kill him. I did not. He's a vampire. I did not. <laughs> you know? He's a werewolf. Actually, no, it, it would be, I did kill him. I did. Oh, I, no, get out of here. You can't be. <laughs> Fuck, he's still alive. <laughs> but there's, with, like, to, with Kate herself, like, as Celine, she has some great, badass like say quote-unquote signature moves in this movie for one i love the fact that when she drops from really high heights she just kind of gradually hits the like lightly hits the ground and casually walks away that's like it's a cool great little like like a little fluid motion that happens and you're like now that's cool as shit like that's just cool as hell i don't know if deadpool would be like that's awesome or be like oh we didn't get a superhero landing (laughs) Right. And that's, that's the thing like that. And I think that it kind of like subverts that like, you know, she's supposed to land like real cool, but she lands cool in a better way. You know, she just kind of like softly hits back around and goes than the superhero landing. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course there's, um, there's the great move that she pulls where she like spins in a circle and shoots the floor out from underneath her and then drops down a level as opposed to, you know, taking the stairs. (laughs) It's, it's a pretty cool scene. And the last thing she does when she chops off Victor's head, when she chops Victor's head into, she kind of flies through the air, has that like, like kind of like soaring swan moment and casually yeah. like lands on the other side of the room. It's like, that's some good wire work right there. Like to make it nice and casual and cool. Like that's what, awesome. yeah, she does a very casual, like upside down sky twist where someone's head seems to get cut off in later movies. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I do, that's what I will give this, these, this franchise for every like subsequent movie 
while the lore becomes the dialogue, like every line adds some new dimension to the lore, they did at least up the blood. Like the yeah. blood never gets lessened. Like a lot of movies, like if you want, just for the, just because it's fresh in my mind, because I just saw Doctor Strange 2, the MCU. For the from Iron in Iron Man one, to, there is blood. Tony gets bloody. There's blood that happens in that, and then for some reason the blood disappears for a while. There's a little bit of account Captain America's face. There's a strategic cut here and there. Nothing too offensive, but then Sam Raimi in this past one brings the blood back hardcore oh, in yeah. this one, and it's it's like well at least that came back. But then again, most of the movie before all that is. A very much a Marvel movie, like geared towards making everybody happy as a PG-13 movie. These movies remain hard R when it comes to that. Like there is still blood everywhere. They don't skimp away from that. Even they even kind of get like cooler with the kills in some of the in some of the worst movies. They actually have some that cooler violence. The I there's way like I wish they went with more uh, practical blood, like. A lot of it feels very CGI, computer generated. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, at the heart of it, these still are cheap ass movies, you know. Particularly the super werewolf in uh, Resurrection. Resurrection. What resurrection? <laughs> you mean awakening? You mean awakening? Awakening. <laughs> or Blood Wars. <laughs> awakening. There's evolution is the second one, but that doesn't have the super werewolf in it. Yeah. I think Awakening I believe the super, the super yeah the super werewolf is first introduced in Awakening, and then uh, what's his name from Game of Thrones is um the he's he's a gigantic werewolf himself you know in, yeah but um but she sticks the uh the quick silver grenade in his, like in the super werewolf yeah and he just yeah. kind of like explodes yeah and it's like we it, the create like the best the best parts of these movies is. It's weird because it's like twofold. It's Kate Beckinsale. And then when you think about like the lore of the movie, you think it's got some decent thoughts in it, but it's just on screen. It just doesn't make, it's not great. Like it's not exactly incredible to watch, but then again, compare it to what the other option might've been for us to talk about with resident evil. It's like zombies, fucking super zombies. I mean, virus zombies monsters it's like it for some reason it's just so forgettable you know and even with these movies it's still forgettable but in like that vampires and werewolves kind of way where like the twilight kind of way it's like these are called vampires and werewolves but are they you know it's like that's these, these werewolves aren't dogs you know so this kept making me think of the vampire diaries and the originals because that was something i i like the originals i watched the entirety of the originals and i watched the vampire diaries a little bit because i found out that came before the originals and i should probably watch that to understand oh this is those the tv shows yeah uh, for some reason i was like what movies are you talking about and uh <laughs> so that that has a lot to do with like the vampire lore and stuff like that and it does feel like the vampires are constantly like oh well, vampires can't go out in light unless they have a sunlight ring. We got them a sunlight ring that lets them go out in light. Um, werewolves are forced to transform during the full moon. So in that, werewolves only activate the werewolf gene if they kill someone, and then they start to transform. I can see that, yeah. And then there's, like, in this, you kind of get, 
you get you get your solid vampires can't be out in sunlight that's the hard and fast rule for these things until Celine becomes partial hybrid and and that's the thing with the hybrid it's like that that's why michael is so desirable to them because he can he can walk in both in both well, that's like the, the originals have the concept of the hybrid and that's a major part of trying to make the hybrid and yeah and it's it's a cool idea it's like okay so there's never been a hybrid even though the original two could have been or like when you think about it, it's like they very well could have been hybrids but they just happen to go into the woods on different nights i guess and one yeah. got bitten by a bat the other got bitten by a wolf you know it's like well, and that then also raises the away. question why didn't they just become what even is the fuck is the old and like they they call him the original immortal but he dies so i don't know i'm not sure the writer knows what immortal means well that's the thing like and yeah they even know like even if it, it is it's like the it's like the uh the right the all the writer of the movie knew what immortal meant yeah. they just didn't realize that they had to add in well this is how you kill an immortal if you need to do that thing like with highlander it's like they're immortal but if you remove the head they're done you know and it's like vampires werewolves same thing remove the head silver bullets, whatever it seems like these are not necessary. It seems like these people don't age and can't be killed. They can be killed by violence, but not like natural means. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, he's not going to get like cancer and die. You know, he's he's not going to slowly waste away. Like it turns out explosions work on the original. Yeah, original. I guess because maybe that removes the head at some point, you know, in the explosion. I don't know, but they definitely don't even like, it's not even like a passing comment. Like he's the original, yeah. he's, like, he's just never been near a ceiling fan low enough. You know, it's, you know, they don't, they don't mention even something like that. Like he didn't, he ducked when he went by a helicopter once, you know, and <laughs> But, like, do we ever find out, like, what he can, like, I know his blood makes vampires, whatever, stronger. We know that. It makes, I think that, isn't that what makes Selena hybrid, though? Like, isn't that what allows her? Well, no, it's what allows, well, she's essentially a hybrid, you know, they just don't call her that. It's like, isn't that what makes her, like, super Selene? You know, where she can walk in the sunlight and all that shit. Yeah, and it turns her into Blade. Right, but but then like later in the movie, it's like, well, it's because of her daughter's hybrid blood that we can do this. And it's like, wait, did you forget your own lore here? (laughs) You know, it's it's kind of weird. But that first movie is your standard craven betrays the vampires, and all of this shit happens, and there's some lore in the background that we're gonna get to later. Celine punishes who the people like Bill Nye because he originally killed her family, and you find yeah, out later he and, kind of betrayed the vampires because yeah, well, he you started find, the he started the blood war with vampires and werewolves and just told everyone that it was the werewolves that started it and had history rewritten. Right, of course, because that's what he would do. And like you kind of get later let like for some reason there's a weird twist to that story with like Kate Beckinsale in like the first movie, you're led to believe that Celine was like a kid, essentially. And then in the later one, she's like Celine. She's like an like a 27 or 30-year-old Celine or whatever age Kate Beckinsale was in these movies. And then you find it, it's kind of like he kind of he had the hots for her, but he didn't because she reminded him of his daughter. And it's 
it's just weird. Like it, it's yeah. a very weird scene when that happens. But yeah, because she's turned when she I think she is canonically 19 when she's turned. Something like that. Yeah. And it's um that's fun because it I, I although I would rather see like baby Celine like kicking ass as a baby vampire, like that'd be cool as hell. <laughs> like killer baby vampire. That'd be great. You're all just fucking people up. I think. I think I think that's one thing we do get in the What We Do in the Shadows TV show. At one point, there are kid vampires, aren't there? I think they're like they're in a house, if I remember correctly, and they're like I think they're in tracksuits for some reason. <laughs> like I need mean, I forget, but they are definitely kid vampires in that show, and they are horrifying. <laughs> and that's what I kind of need more of that, like in this. I need more yeah. of when we get to her in the third movie, on Awakenings. I need more of that kid that kid freaking out i need more of it and yeah, it's just I need more of that scene that looks like i don't know like the grudge the way she's crawling around that room so quick. right yes and so all right so before we get to it we probably we're just kind of bouncing around might as well get to a beer check-in so mike how's your beer doing good i'm on my second one it's a solid lager um not doing anything super crazy uh you could definitely taste the salt in it to a degree like they say they use sea salt is it like is it like salt and lime or whatever? Kind of salt, lime, and agave. Yeah, it seems like if you're gonna have a cerveza of some kind, you gotta throw a lime of some kind in there. But yeah, it's it's a solid one. I, I do wish I had a lime to drop in it. Fuck. All right, yeah, sorry. I'm pouring my third beer. Oh, and for anyone who thinks that you can if you own a bar thing and you think it's a substitute to give someone a lemon to squeeze in their drink and not a lime, fuck you. Yeah, go to hell. What the hell's wrong with you? But uh yeah, that's that's fuck that. That's some asshole shit right there. But, Listen, uh, if you have a lemon, just know you will not be saved by the buoyancy of citrus. <laughs> All right, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love to slip Mitch Hedberg quotes in when I can. Right, I'm saved by the buoyancy of citrus. I will carry a lime. Yeah, right. Bullshit. Jump out the window. You will die earlier. <laughs> said the recipe to spray is lemon and lime. I tried it. There's more to it than that. Right. Not to figure out what the fuck else is in it. But yeah. Oh, God. It's so good. Yeah, Mitch Hedberg. Fucking R.I.P. God damn. He was so good. Anyway, my rogue bat squatch is uh, still great. Pretty great. I I love being able to actually taste it too. Fucking COVID, man. What a weird ass side effect. Yeah. <laughs> have you found something that it like permanently made you change? I'll have to order it again. But the other day, I ordered from my favorite Chinese place at the moment because they got great sushi. Mm-hmm. And I usually get like sushi for one meal. Like I order two things. Like I order sushi for a meal, like a lunch or a dinner. And then I'll get like a fried rice or a lo mein or something to have for lunch the next day. And I get usually get like beef fried rice and I got beef fried rice and I ate it and it was like very flat, like it's very muted flavor. And I was like, this is usually delicious, even if I'm tasting like the fried aspect of it, like it's got a very like, like savory umami kind of taste to it, but it just didn't have it this time. And I was like. I think they might have they might have left out an ingredient or something because that they had to have, but I don't know. I haven't gotten it again. French onion soup has not tasted the same since I've had COVID. I don't know. I'll have to find maybe it's my beef, maybe it's beef fried rice, but everything else I've had tastes like it should. You know, everything else has been back to normal, I guess. I mean, I'm also thinking like maybe maybe my nose was just that 
like my allergies combined with the COVID kind of just completely got rid of my taste and smell for like a few days. Like maybe it wasn't completely gone. Like maybe it's just super muted to begin with, but I don't know. But either way, I can taste this beer and it's, I love being able to taste this beer again. It's so fun. <laughs> but um, so on to just the second one. Let's get into the second one. The, uh, the other good one. Let's go. Yeah, with, that's you the, know, and it's, good is generous <laughs> yeah yeah the other the other watchable one and it's so the first one i think is the most like kind of well put together movie in terms of like story structure and whatnot but i did think it was missing lore like i think we needed to know more about the vampire elders and the blood war and That's i think it. this one gives it enough more to make the story a bit more interesting i'm a big I'm big into my movies having a deep lore that I can learn about. And it doesn't get too convoluted in this movie. It's a little convoluted, but it's not too convoluted. Yeah, it's not completely insane yet. Um, but yeah, this, but this is, again, this is Len Weissman again. And the weird thing was, though, did you get thrown off when you saw screenplay credit? The screenplay credit, Danny McBride. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, Danny McBride? Then I looked up, it's not that Danny McBride. <laughs> it's just another guy named Danny McBride, who the current and more popular Danny McBride probably had to find a way to eliminate in Hollywood <laughs> just so he could keep his name as that. <laughs> or the other guy's like, yes, he's famous. I can be taken. I can take advantage of that. I suck, but I can ride his coattails, <laughs> you know? <laughs> imagine they're like cousins or something that would be funny yeah, they're they're related somehow and one of which is just not talented the other which is you know kenny powers <laughs> he's because i have a brother i have a brother named dan and two cousins named dan yeah well yeah well your family mike loves to use the same name over and over again so <laughs> yeah there's a handful of Pauls out there there's a handful of uh of uh charmaines i know out there <laughs> they're all over the place yeah but um yeah but with with this movie we get it's weird because i think it's it's tony curran i think is his name or tony curran one of the two and he is he plays marcus he's one of the other vampire elders now if i remember correctly there are three vampire elders right yes victor one and marcus of which dies very early in the i was just say we never we never learn who the other one is, do we? Yeah, we do. It's uh, the chick that gets drained of all her blood, or that gets assassinated and drained of all her blood. Is Amelia? Yeah. But I thought the I thought okay. Here, here's here's when the fun confusion stuff starts happening. I thought all of the elders were in. Oh no! Wait, Amelia's awake. Yeah, Amelia they have, is the they cycle so, out. That's what it is. Yeah, that's. So that's a huge plot convenience for these movies. Otherwise, Victor wouldn't get to pull half the shit he does. Um, so the vampire elders apparently totally disagree with the Constitution. They don't want checks and balances. Nope. They want one elder making all the decisions for 100 years, and then they go sleep and a new elder is woken up. And it's like it's like one of those things where like you can't undo what was done by the previous guy. Like you can't do that or some shit like that. So it's yeah. like. It's like, oh, I guess we just got to live with this and try to work our way around it. <laughs> yeah, so Amelia so, is awake. So we, Amelia Tice in the, uh, in the first one, mm-hmm. um, so Victor is, Victor is Bill Nye and he gets iced at the end of this first one. But then Marcus is Tony Coran in this. Marcus was supposed to be awakened instead of Victor. Celine wake, wakes up Victor because she thinks he'll be on her side because he's basically her dad, that kind of thing. Yeah. Marcus though is, 
kind of like the best villain in this series yeah. because Tony Coran plays him like, even though he's under the vampire makeup for 90% of his time on screen, he's still like threatening, he's imposing, but he's also like weirdly charismatic. <laughs> you know, and he's also the one that's like not the most just evil to be evil. He's doing it for his brother. Yeah. Because now this is where we find out this is the confusing part. Because in the original, in the first movie, we are told that Victor is the oldest and most powerful vampire. Flat out, that is said. It's a line that Celine says. It's the lore of the first movie. In well, this now, one. This is what we're led to believe is Victor, when Marcus was asleep, claimed he was the oldest vampire. Well, yeah, that's what we find out in this one. And so it's like, okay, so we're rewriting the lore already. <laughs> you know, we're just rewriting it off the bat. But I think that rewrite, rewrite works because it's clear Victor is very much a politician, a supremacist, and wants to write it so that he is like to paint himself in the best possible light. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll, we find out that Victor's like a master strategist and a general is what he was. And that's why he was turned by Marcus because he needed that. Oh, like like um uh you need the army and the expertise and all that and the manpower essentially yeah and, and he victor i believe is the second vampire he's the first one yes. marcus turns because marcus was the brother bitten by bat you know yeah. and um i can't remember i can't even remember what the uh the wolf boy's name is it's uh i know i want to say it's lucas <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you know it's it's uh, his name's kyle <laughs> kyle is the uh is the other kyle, guy. the first werewolf <laughs> kyle the vampire original kyle but um it's yeah it's it's like okay and i yeah i'm, I'm looking at this and then it's like okay i'm trying to, i'm trying to just look through the uh thing because william it's william william's his name that's it and uh but but it's like there's Names in this movie don't sound like vampire or werewolf names anymore. Like we had Lucian in the first one. Like that sounds like a werewolf name right there. Victor, uh, Craven, those sound like vampire names. Like Celine sounds like a vampire name. Uh, Amelia, not quite. <laughs> Marcus, not quite. <laughs> you know, Victor, uh, even though Bill Nye plays him. Kind of, you know, but like well, William, it's William's not a werewolf. It's spelled with a K, though. So well, I think, that that's an, I think that's an important distinction. Victor with so you a have C to... is way less intimidating than Victor with a K. Right. So you have to pronounce it with the K, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you have to hit it hard. You have to Victor, you know? <laughs> Victor. <laughs> but... Yeah, I feel like if you spell it with a K, it should be Victor, not right. Victor. <laughs> right. And that would be a vampire version of it, you know? And then, of course, there's Michael. Michael, he's our hybrid, so he's got the most generic name possible, you know. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <guess>. <laughs> I was waiting for that, <laughs> but it's it, see, there's there's little shit like that. It's like, why couldn't we dig deep, even into like, for some reason, even in like the True Blood like lore, you get Eric. Like Eric's a good name, but then of course you get Bill. You know, it's like oh. You know, we dropped it again. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> with the uh, with the originals and the Vampire Diaries, like your original vampires, you get Niklaus and yeah, that goes on with Vlad. Like that goes with Vlad. You know, it's Dracula. You get, uh, you get Niklaus. You get Elijah. 
even like Alucard, like even that, you're like, eh, that's a vampire name right there. I know it's Dracula backwards, but that sounds like a vampire name right there, you know? But even in this, but there, there is, Celine's got more badass moments in this because she's she's been powered up a little bit. She's a little bit better at her, the show her being a little bit better at her job. She takes an entire squad of soldiers, finally using her vampire speed, which apparently she acquired at some point in between the movies. And, and then she takes out two giant werewolves with only a knife. Like she kicks some serious ass with those guys. That's wait, that was one problem I had with the first movie. The way the werewolves fought the vampires, I was like, how the fuck are the lichens fought the vampires? I was like, how the fuck have you guys ever been losing this war? It seems like every time you meet, you're kicking their asses. That's the thing, though. The way, and it happens in every single property that involves vampires v. werewolves. I think the only one that does it, well, there's two that don't do it. Twilight doesn't do it because apparently you can just burst into a dog at any point if you're a werewolf. <laughs> you can just yeah. become a dog at certain, like right away. So like well, right that's, that is one thing where Twilight and this are have another commonality. The werewolves that we are that we know in Twilight are not actually werewolves. Werewolves, it, like werewolves in the transform during the full moon, exist in Europe and were hunted to near extinction. They there's a line that's like they're not really werewolves. They're more like shapeshifters. Yeah. Yeah, but like the final form of a twilight werewolf, quote unquote, is just a big, big wolf, a giant wolf. And uh, it's the same thing in the True Blood universe. They become big wolves, like dire wolves, essentially, is what they become. That same now, with the vampire diaries until they learn how to become hybrids. Right. Now, in this movie, and the transformations in those two properties, True Blood and Twilight, are almost instantaneous. So like, you just yeah. become what your other form is. Now, in this, and it's it's one of the things I do appreciate about the at least the first two movies, because we get it very sparingly in the, in the third one, in Awakening. I don't think we get it at all in Blood Wars. The actual practical effects when it comes to the transformation of the lichens. In the first one, it's basically just edits and cuts and a little bit of CGI peppered in. And then final form, makeup. All makeup, yeah. all creature design, and it's pretty great. Second one, for the most part, creature design, a little more CGI is used because it is 2006, but it, it like you can at least respect that they went like full American werewolf in London, howling transformation of werewolf. Like you, like, it takes a little bit of time for your bones to realign and you to become a giant, like nine foot werewolf. The problem though, is because the vampires like Selene are death dealers, they're legendary werewolf killers. Don't you think she would have thought to shoot the mid transformation? <laughs> Yeah. there's they're completely defenseless they like can't a good do time anything to cut off their head <laughs> right they can't do a goddamn thing because they're still transforming well that's um that's there aren't that many that like talk about how bad it would hurt to actually transform and have your bones broken and realigned like you kind of get that in the first one when michael transforms in the back of the cop car yeah. And you get the inside look because in the early, in the late 90s, early 2000s, you had to be inside something when it was transforming. Like you just had to be in there, but you had to be in the body and it would snap out and pop out and all that. But in this one, it's kind of like, it's funny because Scott Speedman, 
you know, the legendary actor, Scott Speedman, everyone knows him, right? He's just the name among names among everybody. Nobody fucking knows who this dude is. Yet for some reason, he thinks he's like the most famous dude in the world because he might have been on what, Grey's Anatomy or some shit like that? I don't know. I'm not even bothering to Google what he was in because I know it's not something people have actually watched. <laughs> but well, a lot of people have watched Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah, but do you want to know any of them? is it your mom and your aunts mike <laughs> it might be my mom and my aunts <laughs> i was gonna say is it your mom and your aunts because i don't think anyone of our roughly our generations has seen that show <laughs> and uh, if i think ask, i talked to him briefly who watched it <laughs> i was gonna say like i'm looking oh he was in the strangers don't remember him in that um gray's anatomy 18 episodes he was in that show you on netflix for 10 episodes which i'm guessing was just one season of him but Animal Kingdom? You remember Animal Kingdom? I'm pretty sure it was a show on, T- on TNT. I don't think anyone's actually seen it. He was in 25 episodes of that shit. Now, around the time that he was saying, I'm done with Underworld, would have been right around 2004, 2005, which I'm going to read his credits for that time. 24th Day. Ever heard of it? Yeah, I didn't think so. Triple X, State of the Union. Remember that? <laughs> that was a fun sequel. Uh, Weirdsville. Remember that? No. And Animorph. Adoration. The Strangers. Hey, I've seen that one. That one. Barney. Barney's version. The Last Rites of Ransom Pride. Good Neighbors. The Moth Diaries. The Vow. Citizen Gangster. Last Resort. Thirteen episodes of some television show. Barefoot. The Captive. Out of the Dark, October Gale, Open, The Monster, uh, Animal Kingdom, 25 episodes. That got him his, like, you know, mansion in L.A. Run This Town, bestsellers, you, 10 episodes. Sharp Stick and Grey's Anatomy, 18 episodes. Any of those in there make you seem like you're too good for the Underworld franchise? I don't think so. But I I do appreciate that he he had, like, the self-respect and confidence to be like, no. Right. I am a confident man. I have been in 84 episodes of Felicity. I I demand more out of my career. <laughs> you know, Carrie Russell is what people remember from that show, but damn it, I was there too. You know, it's like, look, man, you're not the guy you think you are. You're not what's his name, Eastwood, you know, Scott Eastwood. You're not him. <laughs> you know, you don't have your dad's name to play off of. Speedman, Scott Speedman. Yeah, that's that's a household name right there. You know, you're too good for the straight to DVD or straight to streaming underworld movies. But the best part is wait, in- wait, do you think his last name's actually Speedman, or do you think he thought that was a great stage name? Well, that's the thing. Like, and and it's he probably absolutely thought it was a great speed, uh, stage name, but I had we've been watching um uh Seinfeld on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Amazing show. I fucking love it. Elaine routinely calls Jerry Jerome in that show. And for the longest time, I was like, oh, that's just like a derogatory kind of nickname. She's just kind of making fun of him. It's legitimately Jerry Seinfeld's real name. Jerome. I was like, oh, oh what do you know? Turns out Scott Me- Speedman's real name is Robert Scott Speedman. So, yes, he is. Um, I guess Robert Speedman would have been too much of a just a regular guy off the street name. So yeah. Scott Speedman became you know, the movie star. <laughs> you know, his famous brother actually. Holy fuck, star. he's British, too. <laughs> uh, his more 
his brother, only been in one movie, I think, starred uh, in a Vietnam kind of comedy movie where the actors got lost in the jungle. It's called Tropic Thunder. He looks a bit like Ben Stiller in it. (laughs) (laughs) Tug Speedman. Yeah. God, that'd be great. Tug Speedman in Underworld. (laughs) Well, that's kind of like the Scorcher franchise. You know, you know. When they had that, when they shows them, they had the like ice planet one where he's got the two babies strapped to his chest. That's kind of like what it becomes in Blood Wars with yeah. Celine. <laughs> but in in this flick, at one point, it cracks me up because there is the sex scene in this movie, and it's right after Celine gets burned by the sun a little bit. And apparently, when vampires are wearing clothes, if the sun hits the clothes, the clothes burn. <laughs> So I was like, oh, okay, at least we're getting that around that one. (laughs) We're going to go for it. That's how deadly it is for sunlight to these things. Yeah, well, didn't you know when vampires wear clothes, clothes adopt vampire qualities. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) They're kind of like the (laughs) T-1000. They put on the leather jacket, the leather jacket becomes part of them, you know? The duster is one with them. They are the duster, the duster is them. Well, that's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's all, so because vampirism and lycanthropy are viruses, because one of the major points of the second movie is the original werewolf can't yeah. get out because his version of lycanthropy is so rabid that it would kill all the vampires and humans. <laughs> and it's consumed him. He's become permanently a rabid werewolf. Well, that know, was so. This movie they talk about the difference between a werewolf and a uh, what a a lichen, a lichen, lichen. A werewolf, yeah. where a werewolf they permanently become werewolves. A lichen, we find out in the uh prequel, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lucian is Lucian. the original lichen, yeah. Now, of course, we are mentioned, we we're saying lichen, it's L Y C A N, not lichen as in the tree moss. <laughs> it's not that version of lichen, L I C A G N. Yeah, it's short for lycanthropy. Right. It's not algae, <laughs> which yeah. it might as well be, you know, because some of these werewolves are completely fucking forgettable. <laughs> but with the with the sex scene, it's funny that we mentioned Tommy Wiseau looking like Shane Brawley because Scott Speedman is clearly at one point fucking Kate Beckinsale's belly button. Yeah. <laughs> he is way too high to be having sex with this woman the right way. But this does raise the question because they because these exist as germs, could lycanthropy and could vampirism be an STD? Yeah. Probably. And that would be a hell of a way because I don't I'm, I mean, I'm I'm not up on all vampire lore, but I'm sure that that at some point someone has been like, you know what? You have sex with a vampire. That's how you become one, too. You know, well, don't so let him come magicians. inside you because you're becoming a vampire. If you do. <laughs> the Magicians, which is a book series and a show on sci fi, I think. Werewolves, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Werewolves are basically it's spread by having sex when you are a werewolf once a month you either have to kill someone or fuck someone because does, that's how they spread the disease does it have to be doggy style <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if that's the only way you can do it it's just doggy style like in an alley somewhere <laughs> like a fucking street dog <laughs> but yeah so 
<laughs> so for guys, once a month, they will start to feel more and more violent until they eventually kill someone unless they have sex and pass on the disease. So they go in the heat. <laughs> for girls, it's twice a month. Of course, because, you know, girls got to be more horny, you know. It's, well, they, it's a up. period joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in this movie, we do get the one gratuitous hit shot in this movie, in this franchise. And it's when Tannis, the random like like exiled librarian or historian or whatever, yeah. he's got his he's got his whores with him apparently because apparently he can get some prostitutes in, and we get some vampire titty right there. And it's like, oh, I was kind of waiting for that, you know. I was waiting for the gratuitous nudity because that's yeah, what you for, need. For good what vampire this franchise property. is, and the fact that it has an R rating, I'm surprised we had more gratuitous titty. The only thing is you it's it's only like I think it's it's two. I think you see her maybe I think you I think we see a a side boob maybe and one titty out when she's dead. But we also get a little bit of a top of the man of man bush in the first one. When the vampire fight club, when those guys turn back into humans, they're standing there naked and we do get a little bit of like bush on those guys, a little bit. Like it's a little bit of it's like maybe like half an inch on ball at the bottom of the frame, but it's like at least it's there, you know. At least it's there. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm if you're a werewolf and you transform, if you manscape or shave your back or something, does that hair grow back after transforming? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you just look like you've had a hernia surgery, <laughs> or like <laughs> you look like you've been neutered. <laughs> you went to the vet, <laughs> and and in this movie with Celine with her with her badass moments. The last badass moment she has is when Marcus's talon is in her chest yeah. and she she uh, she stabs him in the jaw with it. She pulls it out of her chest, stabs him in the jaw with it, and then kicks him into a helicopter, a running helicopter blade. And it's like, oh, that is actually one of the coolest scenes in this entire franchise. And I will is. say, I think the second movie is the most entertaining movie. It's the one I would be like if I was going to rewatch one of them, it, that would probably be my choice. Because it's like the last one where Kate Beckinsale, you can tell, actually gives a shit. You know, it's yeah. it's it really is. And the I I'm I, I I'm docking it, yet also praising it for the fact that she doesn't have a one liner during that scene. Yeah. She doesn't kick him in the helicopter and say you fired or something like that. You know, she doesn't say it's like you lost your head. You know, she doesn't say that. You know, it's she, she just kind of doesn't. It. It's like. Let's move on. She's now Blade. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's, let's go from there. But all right, so Mike, we're just, we're gonna briefly um, scan over the next two. So the next two are don't watch them. They're fucking garbage. They're they're not good. But in at least Awakenings, Selene is far more brutal and violent in that. Oh yeah, she is so much more kick ass. And she's so a much- fan of. Uh, hot guy number one from that teen movie series that came out after the hunger games <laughs> oh oh you're about theo james is who you're talking yeah. about he's uh he is between divergent and this <laughs> he's also in castlevania though he's in the castlevania netflix series he does play a vamp uh he plays somebody in that he's not a vampire but he does play somebody in that yeah i think he does i think he voices one of like the magician people Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's a he's a magician or a familiar or whoever the hell those yeah. characters are. But um, yeah, Theo James. I mean, the dude's got some charisma to him. Like it's he weird does. because like like what did he do to be cursed with being in these movies? You know, like did he piss 
piss off the wrong people. I mean, because he should probably have Jai Courtney's career. <laughs> like, he really should. Yeah. But he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I'd definitely take a Theo James over a Jai Courtney, I'd say. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, oh, I've never gotten to see him with decent writing, so. And I technically, okay, now uh, to be fair to Jai Courtney, we technically haven't seen him with these in raining either. So, <laughs> Australian surfboard versus charismatic British surfboard, you know, it's like, which one do we go with? But then there's the, the problems with Celine in Ken K. Beckinsale in Awakening and Blood She was Wars. not surprised at all to find out that she had given birth. <laughs> Right. And she's very casual about it. Yet in Blood Wars, apparently it's the most important thing in the world to her. But it's she's very much of the her face. And we'll get into when we talk about Jolt with David Bradley. Kate Beckinsale's face in Awakening in Blood Wars is essentially one of, I guess I'm in this movie. I guess I understand what's going on. I guess I care. And it's kind of like she can't hide her disgust for being in these movies. Yeah, she's and, like, I guess I understand it, but I, I don't care. You know, it's like, I don't give a shit. I need yeah. And then she does have some slightly less badass moments in these because they do reduce her to kind of like a crying mess for a good part of Blood Wars, the part that she's actually in. And then she's getting her ass swatted around a parking garage by a giant dog essentially yeah. an awakening you know it's uh, not now to be fair she kills the giant dog with a grenade shoved into his stomach so yeah yeah redeemable redeemable Dude, that shit's cool as hell yeah that is cool Except as hell. i mean i wish the explosion looked more you know like not star wars prequel <laughs> level cgi right not straight to streaming you know tv movie you know cgi but and then in blood wars she has a she does a lot of crying and she like voluntarily slides herself under ice at one point so it's kind of like kate beckinsale like i'm taking a break i'm going under the ice and then they go on without me now when did when did blood wars come out Blood Wars, and I just scrolled that past that part of my notes. Blood Wars is from 2016. So, oh, so I was gonna say it copied uh it copied the Black Panther formula of hero gets frozen, hero goes to spiritual place of ancestors, but apparently Black Panther copied Underworld Blood Yes, because that was 2018. Yeah. That that would be funny if Ryan Kogler was like, you know what I really enjoyed? The part when Kate Beckinsale and I underwear Blood Wars went underneath the ice. I think I like that. <laughs> and then she uh this is where she they copy Futurama and just they were like, well, how are we going to power up the vampire this time? They already gave her some super blood from old man that everyone says his name over and over again. Alexander Colvinus. <laughs> now, how are we going to power up this time? You ever watch Futurama? Yeah. You know the episode where they got like the tax return and Friday decides he's going to drink 100 cups of coffee in one day? Yeah, how does that end again? Well, after he finishes his 100 cup of coffee, he can essentially move around like the Flash and save people from a burning building. We're going to have her do that. <laughs> right, like he's fucking Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> which I also watched today, which is a better movie than any of these. But it's in these movies, in these sequels, ah, God damn it. Something's wrong with my damn beer cans. I'm spilling my beer. But 
there's something wrong with like almost every aspect of them you know the the cgi the writing the direction it's all just bad and kate beckinsale clearly does not want to be there anymore and the worst part is is that of course len weissman because he needs the money i'm sure has been like oh yeah 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 yeah. no we're doing underworld six it's going to happen kate's coming back you know everybody's going to be cool with it it's going to be the best and then kate beckinsale has been flat out in interviews like uh no no i am not doing that again fuck them fuck those movies i'm done (laughs) you know celine is dead for all i care (laughs) now i think my favorite part of this movie was like they were like all right we need to select new vampire elders well it turns out what's his name from divergent is a descendant of a vampire elder so amelia he's amelia's son (laughs) he's amelia and charles dance's son (laughs) um and well, we need two more. So, Kate, can you do it? Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just, they add so much just ridiculous shit. But then with her in this movie, to round out her slightly less badass moments in these movies, plus her badass moments, there's one part in the beginning of this movie where she literally screams the words, leave me alone, almost as if the film crew was chasing her in her regular everyday life. And she wanted them out of her life. But then she just completely destroys a gang of thugs and werewolves, you know? It's like, she screams, leave me alone, which no badass has ever screamed ever. Sarah Connor never fucking said that shit. You know, Ripley never said that shit. She was like, get your hands out, get away from her, you bitch. Like, she took on the alien queen. Whereas Celine was like, I'm fucking tired of this shit. I'm fed up. Stop chasing me, you know? It's like, well, just kill them, maybe. (laughs) You are apparently the most legendary killer of all time. (laughs) Now, well, so Divergent guy, Theo James. <laughs> no, the man I won't call name, him like, that. In death, he has a name. <laughs> right, His so name Theo was James, Robert Paulson. His name was Theo James. Is, since he is Amelia's son, he's also apparently Charles Dance's son. Which is weird because he's not a ginger, nor is he a very sharp-looking German model, you know? Also, that implies Charles Dance fucked that very attractive, sharp-looking German model. I mean, Chucky Dance, kind of a snack. (laughs) He's kind of a snack. (laughs) And now, who decided? Who decided that casting... That guy from Game of Thrones who did nothing but screw up and then had the balls to show up in the finale and suggest he should be king. <laughs> that fucking guy. I mean, it's like I don't I'm looking it up now, but I don't even really care. <laughs> you know, it's like I just don't care. You Tobias know, that, that guy that was that's Rob Stark's uncle or Edmir Tully. Edmir that Tully, that's what it is. His name, when his that name, guy who shows up and apparently is one of Rob's generals because you know he's his uncle and does nothing but screw up. <laughs> sure, yeah. And the, the actor's name is Tobias Menzies. Is the actor's name, which who I kind of generally like. You know, he's like a he's a weirdly kind of likable guy, but it's. He's not intimidating. He's not intimidating at all. And he he kind of the best the best part about these movies, and it's it's usually the aside from the names not being vampire or werewolf, in vampire and werewolf properties, 
they generally do cast people that look like what they are. The vampires in these movies look like vampire, like they could be vampires. The werewolves generally look like they could turn into werewolves. They usually have beards, they have longer hair, they're kind of a scruffy pack of dudes, you know, something like that. But like Tobias Menzies kind of looks like he could turn into what he does, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, but it's like when you look, it's it's kind of like when you look at um, uh, Alexander Skarsgård in True Blood, you know, that's a fucking Viking vampire right there. That dude is a Viking vampire. And then you look at Joe Manganiello and you go, yeah, he's a werewolf. <laughs> he's definitely a sexy werewolf, you know, but with when it comes to Tobias Menzies, Theo James, like all these people are all beautiful looking people. but. There is a certain point in Blood Wars when Kate Beckinsale, especially, she comes in resurrected by the Nordic vampires in her ombre blowout and sick fur coat. You can tell that she just went shopping that day and got her hair done and was like, look, work this into the fucking movie or I'm walking. <laughs> and they were like, uh, okay, you're brought back by some Vikings and that's why your hair is blonde now. <laughs> it's like, perfect. Let's walk on the set and shoot this goddamn thing. And the craziest thing is, her haircut in Jolt, which we'll talk about in a minute, is essentially that haircut, but with a lot more blonde to it. <laughs> it's like she kept that haircut for five years, and then she did Jolt. Also, it's worth worth noting that she was also in, Kate Beckinsale was also in Van Helsing. That is correct. Which is a yes. movie that is entirely not worth talking about, though. Right, exactly. And she does change at some point into something in that movie. I just can't remember what it is. But I remember she dies. That's all I do yeah. remember. And she looks like Kate Beckinsale, which to be a reductive asshole, that's why I'm watching the Kate Beckinsale movie front and center, because I love her. She's gorgeous. And, and and then in Jolt, I think Jolt is probably my favorite Kate Beckinsale because following her on Instagram she's essentially her character from jolt without the anger impulse control you know it's like without the anger problem and it's like Which essentially she's just she's this chick that has to wear an electric thingy to basically stop her from murdering people when she has anger issues right so why don't we transition to that so mike final beer check-in how you doing doing well i'm on my third one again i'm starting to taste the salt a little bit more as i drink them which i always when i have a mexican style lager it seems like they all include sea salt and that's not my yeah. favorite aspect of a beer yeah but uh but i again i could drink a lot of these yeah and does it taste like you like could have like a bowl of nachos next to you it does yeah they usually do like the good surveys will have that like you like Oh, it also tastes like you could follow a shot of tequila with a sip of this and like it'd be a solid chaser. You'd be good to go. Yeah. Not that I, I don't like tequila. Yeah, I mean, of the two, I'm definitely gonna go and beer over tequila. But uh either way, my uh my bat squatch by uh rogue is very, very good. I just um just poured my fourth, and that's probably where I'll I'll land for the night on four with that. But it's uh it's very good, yeah. Bat squatch. So now on to the other, which the first two of these uh, of Kick-Ass Women Month that we talked about, Sigourney Weaver and Sarah Connor and uh, Linda Hamilton, they don't have another movie, at least one that I can think of, where they play another badass. Sigourney Weaver definitely doesn't have it. And yeah, Sigourney Weaver almost like just gave up action entirely out of, after the alien. She's in quote unquote action movies, 
She's in um, Avatar, I believe, right? She's in Avatar. Yeah. Uh, she's in, oh, speaking of that, Avatar 2. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. you, James Cameron. <laughs> Saw that before Doctor Strange 2. I was like, oh, come on. 13 years? Really, asshole? Whatever. You're not Fuck. Jurassic Park, you dick. <laughs> yeah. Saw that preview, too. And I have issues with that as well. But yes, I, I will be there opening weekend. <laughs> I mean, at one point in the trailer, Chris Pratt tells Blue the Raptor that he will get her baby back. And Blue essentially says, you better. <laughs> you know, it's like, and then Jeff Goldblum even calls him out. He's like, wait, did you make a promise to a dinosaur? It's like, yes, that is apparently the movie we are now watching. <laughs> you know, that is the world we live in with these goddamn things now. Yeah. The <laughs> but, world where 40 dinosaurs escaping a mansion is going to bring humanity to its heels. <laughs> which you would think would actually happen. But who knows? But anyway, so, but with um, Linda Hamilton, she was always put in like the, like the 90s thrillers that no one saw, but they weren't technically like a badass action role. Like they never, those two, Sigourney and Linda never got that other role. Whereas Kate got, at least she got Van Helsing, where she does kick a little bit of ass in that. And then in this, she gets Jolt. Now, Jolt is the reason when I watched this movie, it made me think and notice. It's kind of like that thing. When you buy a certain type of car, you notice that car everywhere. And with this, when I saw, when I watched Jolt, it is essentially crank, but with a woman. And it's kind of like she's ex military secret project, CIA experiment, whatever unleashed on the world out for revenge. And then I noticed that, oh, wait, we've got Atomic Blonde. We've got we've got Ava. We've got Peppermint. We've got Lucy. We've got Kate. We've got Gunpowder Milkshake. I could keep fucking going. You know, we've got Red Sparrow. Which, by too. the way, Gunpowder Milkshake, all-time best name for a movie. <laughs> it is. It's just too bad that none of those milkshakes are made of gunpowder. <laughs> but we will probably get into that next week. <laughs> so, but then that's what made me think of doing our theme, our last bit of a kick-ass women week for next week was because this is like in 2021, Joel, which was directed by a woman, Tanya Wexler, who has done nothing else anyone's ever seen and probably ever will say. It's it's these this weird string the last 10 years where you get these dramatic actresses or you get these women who are not known for being action stars. Kate Beckinsale and Charlize Theron in Atomic Blonde, probably the exception, although Atomic Blonde came before, I think came before Fury Road, but or slightly or right after, like one of the two. Right after. I'm gonna check into that. But you don't you and then there's like Jennifer Gardner. Yeah, Atomic Blonde was after Fury. Okay, so it was right after. So Mad Max Fury Road is probably what kicked her into that. Then you get Jessica. You get Jessica Chastain. You get Jennifer Lawrence. You get um. You get Zoe Saldana in Columbiana. You get um. What's her name in Kate? Um, fuck. She's uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead or something like that. She's uh she's in she's Huntress in Harley Quinn emancipation okay. birds of prey whatever um she's also john mcclain's daughter and she's lucy mcclain and live for yeah. die hard uh, mary elizabeth winstead mary elizabeth winstead to mention um i think she just married ewan mcgregor actually but so all of these movies are like traditionally non-action women suddenly getting these like female action kick-ass hero 
out for revenge, some kind of basically taken and John Wick with a woman instead. And it's this weird trend. Scarlett Johansson and Lucy. It's this weird trend that's happened over the last 10 years. And then I saw, and when seeing Jolt, I was like, oh, wait, Kate Beckinsale actually got to do it again. You know, she got to come back and get her own kick-ass, like, starring, fuck-you-up woman movie. And Lindy... And it's way more entertaining than any of the Underworld movies. If I'm it's honest. so much more entertaining than it should be, too. You know, it's Crank, but with a, with Kate Beckinsale instead of Jason Statham. Swap out the British man for the British woman, the good-looking British man for the good-looking British woman. And it's... The same movie because she's got to jolt herself into not killing people. Whereas Jason Statham has to jolt himself to stay alive, I believe. I think his thing, yeah. that thing is like to make his heart work. For yeah. her, is to keep down her murderous tendencies. And Jai Courtney, Australia's favorite surfboard, comes back in this to fuck Kate, Kate Beckinsale and quote unquote die. And then, spoiler alert for Jolt, guess what? You can see it coming from the second it happens. He comes back at the end because it was, the whole thing was a fake and he was doing something to become the leader of something and they don't bother explaining what. <laughs> you know? But this movie is so good for Kate Beckinsale because she is hilarious and you kind of want to hang out with Lindy even though you know whatever your tiny little quirk is will get you murdered <laughs> yeah yeah it's not so it's not where you're paying attention to the story it's like Kate Beckinsale is a charismatic lead um there's fun action and yeah yeah just you show up for show up to hang out with Kate Beckinsale <laughs> you get yeah and that's what you're doing you get you get Jai Courtney, Australian surfboard Jai Courtney. You get Stanley Tucci for a little bit. You get Bobby Cannavale for a little bit. You get Susan Sarandon for some Stanley fucking Tucci reason. Up. I love Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Stanley Tucci's the best. He plays your therapist. And then you get Susan Sarandon doing opening narration and then showing up for a sequel setup that is completely fucking ridiculous. And then you even get Laverne Cox, who Laverne Cox, I'm fairly certain people know from Orange is the New Black, or they know is like the most famous trans actress there is, you know, it's, she's great. Now the problem is though, no one but Kate Beckinsale in this movie is really playing it like they should. Yeah. Because this Kate Beckinsale is basically playing this like casual, hilarious jerk. Everyone in this movie should be playing the same level. Jai Courtney, oddly enough, is basically on the same level as Kate Beckinsale at the end when he comes back because he's chewing scenery as this villain. And it's like, wait, why? <laughs> what are you even doing, bro? And then, of course, there's David Bradley. Yes. Everyone may know as Walter Frey in Game of Thrones or what's his name in Harry Potter, Mike? Filch. Filch and Harry Potter with Mrs. Norris the cat. Now, David Bradley. I find has, it funny that Ross knew the cat's name. Not of course, I know the cat's name. The cat's like basically murdered on screen in one of those movies <laughs> and left strung up for dead, but it's just frozen. So it's fine. And my favorite part about David Bradley's entire career, entire career, because anything you see him in, it's the same thing. His look on his face is one of he's annoyed that he can't fart. <laughs> like that is his face all of the time <laughs> in any movie he's ever been in that is his face <laughs> yeah that's true and he's made an entire career he's one of britain's most adored actors <laughs> because of that 
<laughs> and it just cracks me up because in this movie, he absolutely does not need to be there. <laughs> but he is. Well, I always thought his better. face was more like someone unexpectedly <laughs> And he's like, you ever hear of hentai? He's like, no. He's like, let me show you. And he just goes, uh. Right. It's like he learned something so horrifying, yet so weirdly intriguing, that he's not scared, yet not turned on. It's like, it's like, it's like somewhere in the middle, you know? He's, it's like he's constantly in a conversation with someone that tells you there's more blood in an erect male penis than there is in a rabbit. <laughs> it's like he has that look where he's trying to figure it out. Like, is that true? That can't be like, true. <laughs> but he's like, like he's a little screwed up. That. Like, I don't think someone would make that up, but I just can't believe that that is true. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't want to Google it and put that in my search history. I don't want targeted ads based off that search, but I... I can't believe it at the same time, you know? Like, I need to know if that is a fact or if this person just came up with the most absurd mind fuck you can lay at someone's doorstep. <laughs> it's like when you find out that Michael Keaton changed his name from Michael Douglas to be famous in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> but, but to get to actually Kate Beckinsale in this movie, she shouldn't work. Lindy as a character should not work played by Kate Beckinsale because Kate Beckinsale looks like a, a trashy supermodel in this movie. She's rail thin. She doesn't look like she, she looks like she'd fall over in a hard rain, but yet at the same time, when she starts kicking some ass and it's not the stunt woman, like it is in the one scene, she absolutely sells it as a completely yeah. kick-ass psychopath. And it is awesome. <laughs> And my my favorite part, or my favorite part of this, is some of her lines in this movie. Just the delivery Kate Beckinsale goes with is so good. Like one, yeah. she's talking to Stanley Tucci when she says, "Penis is not going to fix me, Doctor Freud." Besides, I've tried that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which honestly, Stanley Tucci would be the uh, the therapist to suggest that. <laughs> Of course. And then there's a part where she's, she's got like, like she's straddling a guy's neck and she's pounding on his face. And then she hits stops and she looks and she goes, if I, if he had a bigger Adam's apple, this would really be working for me. <laughs> it's like right there. That's just such a terrible line. But coming from Kate Beckinsale in that moment, it is delivered with such casualness and naturalness. It's so amazing. <laughs> and if there is my favorite line of hers at the end, which is take your finger out of my leg hole. <laughs> After she's been shot. This movie was really just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I watched it at, right after I steamed through the underworld movies. And then I was just like, well, this was, refreshing yeah yeah it is even though the end like when susan sarandon shows up and starts basically sequelizing for the setup the setup sequel setup is so stupid and you're like it's, it's almost insulting that they're like you know we're gonna make a no we're gonna make a franchise of it. it's like fuck you but this movie could have ended 10 minutes ago and we'd have been fine but it's 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 weirdly like you said it is weirdly refreshing 
to see Kate Beckinsale interested. Except the narrator. I don't like the narrator. It's Susan Sarandon. It's Susan Sarandon doing the narration. Now, we've talked about, we've spoke about Rick and Morty on this plenty of times. I believe her character in Rick and Morty, the therapist, is her last name not Wexler in that? <laughs> Which is the director's last name in this movie? I don't think so. Gee, but there is... It's well, that's, that explains because I hate the therapist in Rick and Morty. It's a weird. It's it's so she's got a weird. I mean, I'm generally a fan of Susan Sarandon. I don't mind her, but she's generally like she's. Oh, I'm sorry. Doctor Wong is the name. Yeah. That. Um, Waxler is. I think might be from The Simpsons. I think it's a uh, Sally Waxler. I think is the name I'm looking for from The Simpsons. But um, it's. Yeah, it is from The Simpsons. Yeah. It's oh, it's Millhouse's therapist. That's what it is. Sorry. <laughs> it's Millhouse's therapist in The Simpsons. But it's with Susan Sarandon, she doesn't need to be in this movie. And if she if she is in this movie, she can be in the beginning as a doctor, and that's it. It's it's like Susan Sarandon wanted a couple bucks to do a movie, and there she is. That's a, like, they tried to give her some like really deep quotes as the narrator, and I was like, oh, stop. It doesn't work. Like one of the quotes. Uh, everyone wants to be normal, but no one wants to be ordinary. Right, right, exactly. It's kind of like, and that's that's one of the like that's kind of the beauty of this movie because straight out of the gate, the movie's opening narration sets up the dumbest premise in the world with the worst narration in the world, and it goes on for so long. It's almost like you, they're almost immediately telling you, like at the end of the narration, Susan Sarandon should have been like. And you're not going to enjoy watching this movie, but you're going to enjoy watching this movie for some reason. You know? it's like, again, you brought up Stanley Tucci where he's like, would you like me to put leeches on your skin? Would you like me to drill a hole in your head to release your demons? Would you like me to make you drink your own urine? Actually, I tried that. I tried that. That's disgusting. <laughs> tried that didn't work. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, and then he gives her the Chinese food. <laughs> he, he gives her the Chinese food because she like jumps into his office. He's like, when he comes back from getting dinner, and he's like, he's like, here, eat something. There's Kung Pao in there. There's sweet and sour or something. Don't touch the shrimp fried rice. That's mine. <laughs> he goes walking away. But and Stanley Tucci is only in like two scenes. He's wearing the same outfit the whole time. They probably had him for forty five minutes. And paid him in that shrimp fried rice. <laughs> and then they fell in the leaves, you know? That's, I wait, like, Stanley Tucci in a role that he's supposed to be serious, but brings his Stanley Tucci-ness to. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It's, it's that weird, it's that weird, like, confidence, yet nerdiness that Stanley Tucci kind of brings is like, it's like, you know, this dude knows more than he's letting on and he's kind yeah. of a deceptive prick. But you still love him for it, you know? It's it's kind of crazy. But there is... <laughs> there's also... This movie is... It's never a good sign in your movie. And the Underworld movies do it too. It's never a good sign in your movie when the beginning of your movie, you're flashing back to things that happened in the beginning of your movie <laughs> you yeah. it's it's never good that's never a good sign it's never it's never ends up being a good movie after that and 
Well, that's it. With Underworld, I felt like the beginning of every movie with, like, the flashbacks where the writer's going, like, we did this last movie, right? Okay, good, good. I, I remember that vaguely now. Okay, okay. We got to work that in. All right. Now, uh, what else do we need? Uh, what else happened that was important? Well, I mean, this happened and was kind of important. No, not that. We don't need that anymore. That's dumb. <laughs> what else? <laughs> right, right. And... At least, and it's weird because, and I'm just checking my notes because I knew I wrote it somewhere, but in this movie with Jai Courtney, Australia's favorite surfboard, he plays an accountant, quote unquote, an accountant. And it, it's kind of believable because he has the glasses and the sweater and you're like, oh, I guess Jai Courtney could be like a, like a high-end now, accountant. Would you rather have Jai Courtney or the younger Hemsworth? Oh god, that's a tough one. Maybe Liam, because he does have a little bit of that Chris. Um, he does have a little bit of Chris uh, charisma, but I don't know, man. It's tough. They're equally forgettable after a while, you know. It's they're both Australian surfboards. One's just a longboard, you know. It's yeah. it's weird, but I would I would probably go with in this movie Jai Courtney because he does play that reveal the way you should play yeah. it he goes way over the top and it's completely unnecessary but it does work still i don't think liam hemsworth would have been able to do it yeah but in this movie jai courtney as an account actually works now we what we didn't mention in the underworld movies is that in that first movie scott speedman is revealed to be a surgery intern yeah. There are just some acting roles like Mark Wahlberg as an inventor in the Transformers movies that do not work. <laughs> or Mark Wahlberg as a teacher in the Happening. In the happening. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg as a priest in Father Stew. Or Mark, right. or Mark Wahlberg in any role other than army or cop. Right. It's like, it's like it just doesn't work, you know? It's like Scott Speedman is not a fucking surgeon. I don't care which way you play it, how you light him, or what makeup you put on him. It ain't going to be a fucking surgeon. And Jai Courtney, on the other hand, random accountant with not too much to say. That works. <laughs> it kind of works for him. And and then, of course, there's and there is, of course, Bobby Cannavale. And you're like, OK, anytime he shows up, you're like, all right, he's, he's going to give you a character you're going to like, you know, and yeah. it's, it's always fun. And he and Beckinsale are great together. But that's also the thing you get with Kate Beckinsale. Like when you give her something that she can essentially just be Kate Beckinsale with. You're going to get a great character because Lindy in this is essentially just a big swinging dick in this and she kicks ass and there is absolutely nothing about her, even though she looks like she could walk out of the like, you know, off London's fashion week, she could still fuck you up. And it's really strange because there is that confidence and attitude that she does have as this badass ass kicker. That Kate Beckinsale, even as a regular person, like you look at her in on her Instagram with her cat, you know, you're like, this woman is funny, but could she kick my ass? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> you know, it's like she might be able to. Linda Hamilton can still fuck me up. So I, I, I still would, fuck I would up. not be surprised if Kate Beckinsale didn't have like a black belt or something like some sort of black belt. Right. It's like compared to the others, it's like Sigourney Weaver. She might be able to fuck you up. She's pretty tall. She's got a good reach. Linda Hamilton, still going to jack you up. She's still going to fuck your ass up, you know? Kate Beckinsale, she might be able to do it. <laughs> she really might be able to do it. The only one, and we'll talk about it next week, the only one when I look at these movies, I go, Jessica Chastain, I'm sorry. 
no <laughs> it's just not happening <laughs> no i do wish it not a thug <laughs> got, like i wish bobby cannavale just went with his role in the other guys like i would <laughs> <laughs> should have shot a rod <laughs> <laughs> like i wish you just had that cop like <laughs> that would be funny yeah that would be funny but <laughs> but i mean and it, it's 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 actually it's really nice to see you know, even though we didn't get it from Sigourney, we didn't get it from Linda, Kate Beckinsale at least is still doing things where it's like, you know what? I'm still kicking ass. I'm going to yeah. kick ass if someone gives me the ball. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'll make it believable. And I'm going to do it. Even with, even in this movie, when she's like getting about to be tortured in that like all white room, she's trapped in a chair. Excuse me. And she's like, it's like, oh, I'm about to piss myself. Is that what the grate's for? <laughs> you know, she's looking at she's sitting over the grate. She's like, is that what the grating's for? <laughs> Just in case someone pissed And, like, her throat. character in this would very much, like, I feel like she's strapped in. She's like, I might be into this. I don't know. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, like, one of the things that she would have tried to do to keep her anger at bay. And, yeah. and she does do one of the things that I think everyone's wanted to do with a bitchy waitress. is like, she fucks up this waitress in a bathroom. And it's absolutely hilarious. And it's, it's so, like, cathartic, too. It's like, yeah. Someone needed to do that. <laughs> so I think we have discussed Kate Beckinsale as a kick-ass woman plenty, don't you think, Mike? I would agree. Perfect. All right, so where can people find us on the internet? All right, so for your streaming pleasure, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and just about anywhere else you get your podcasts from, thanks to Anchor. You want to find us on social media, go to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Happy Air Films Podcast. You want to talk to Ross, all you uh, cannibals and spectrophiles. Damn right. Damn right. I want to hear from all these people. Uh, You want to talk to me, just the spectrophiles. Cannibals should go to Ross, go to Instagram. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I will even go to, as far as to say, I want to hear from the spectrophiles of what made you choose spectrophilia over necrophilia. You know, I want to know what you, what made you make the choice to go to the afterlife version of the dead body. You now, know, I want to know did the ghost come on to you or did you come on to the ghost? Yes. What originally <laughs> got you involved? Was it was it your choice or was it the ghost? Like you know? were like were you just not aware that a ghost and then suddenly a ghost was fucking you? Or did you see a ghost that you were like, damn, that ghost is fine. <laughs> that is a sexy ghost right there. I think I'm gonna fuck that ghost. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely what it is. I want to know the courtship of the ghost or if the the corpse was just a turnoff you know if it was something like that but next week we will be uh we'll be finishing up kick-ass woman month and we're gonna do it with the movies that we talked about recently just uh, just a few minutes ago with the female quote-unquote female john wick movies and that's just the best way to describe them you know because that's essentially what they are they're one woman out for revenge or out to kick ass of some kind now, the mandatory movie that we're going to make every if everyone wants to do their homework, the mandatory got a movie you got to watch is Atomic Blonde. That's what we're just going to that's the first one we're going to you got to watch. We're definitely talking about it. Yeah. Now, Mike and I, there's there's a list that I have of a bunch of these movies. I think Mike and I are probably going to go through probably watch a couple of the same movies, whichever and, ones I can find to stream. Right, and I, I that right there will be Gunpowder Milkshake and Ava and Kate. I know they're all on Netflix, um, but there's also Peppermint, which might be on Netflix. There's also Hannah. There's also Lucy, Columbiana. There's a bunch that are on here, and we're going to be talking about 
a bunch of these type of movies, the the female quote unquote John Wicks. And but Atomic Bond, you already know, is kind of a league above the rest, so that's the main one. Because it's got our girl Charlize in it, and she is she's the she's the one that uh, I don't think kicked it off. I think Lucy might have come before her. Yeah, but it's definitely and then there's like hannah that that that's a decent one but that's like a younger kid kick-ass movie i think she's like a teenager kick-ass movie but that's essentially what we're gonna go with we're gonna go with like the mixed bag of the recent 2010 <laughs> if we want to go full-blown mother theme we could talk about dr strange too yeah yeah there is a kick-ass woman in that and uh Without spoiling it too much, Wanda Maximoff is a kick-ass fucking woman. Elizabeth Olsen kicks some serious ass in that movie. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, it's it's funny. They could have done a multiverse where her sisters played her at some point, but they didn't. Spoiler alert, they didn't bring in Mary-Kate and Ashley. <laughs> but it, it she does kick some serious ass. And um, depending on how this goes with some of these movies, uh, we might just talk about Dr. Strange too anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So until that time, I have been Ross Bacon. I've been Mike McWiggan. We'll see you guys next time. So long.